0: what's up everybody this is marlin's in-game host mike b and you're listening to fish across the pond marlins uk podcast with peter pratt cheers from the 305
1: Welcome to episode 78 of Fish Across the Pond, it's a Marlins UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me today, I am delighted to welcome onto the show one of the elite Twitter handles, Marlins Twitter handles, Jacob is here representing the Fish Army. The Fish Army are in the house. How are we doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be across the pond, happy to be here.
1: Absolutely long, long overdue. This this Fish Army account has been going, you know, 18 months, two years. So Yeah,
0: just just about. Just about.
1: You know what what have we been doing? But anyway, awesome. Awesome to have you on. Firstly, Leo, you. first order of business. I mean, this to me says everything about the Fish Army Twitter account where you already have a backup. There's already a backup account. That's how spicy <laughs> the account is. How hot the takes are! You've already in the profile. It's our backup account, pre-pre-made Raider rock and roll. Here it is. Um, should anything happen to this main account, so <laughs> what's the backstory on that one?
0: <laughs> on the backup account? I mean, I don't know. Because I think there was a time when a few people I was following, like they were getting, because you know I like to post clips of old of games, past games, and you know, I here, hear you know, with major league baseball, they get, they get really pissy about copyright. So, you know, things get claimed and all that type of stuff. I was like, Oh man, I don't want to get my account suspended. I don't want to like any of that to happen. And if it does, at least I can have a backup. So people know whatever. Cause yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> and plus sometimes if I have something that I don't think is good enough to tweet on the Merga account, maybe I'll throw it on the backup account, like something dumb or something that's just for funsies or whatever, you know I mean? The whole accounts are funsies. Twitter's a silly place to be anyway. So 100%. it's all just fun and games
1: absolutely i loved it though i was just you know going and checking out some some hot takes that's been made and i was like holy shit look at these guys they they've already got a backup account just just in case you know things get too hot so i loved it um i've been yeah. you know created a you know a parody account for me now just in case things go wrong so <laughs> anyway listen we've got we've got tons to get into actually which um mm-hmm you know, in some ways is surprising, but um, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that. But firstly, we need to do some intros. Um, we need to dive into, you know, a quick fire round just so the listeners kind of get a sense as to as to you, your background, and, you know, some some general thoughts and feelings on a few questions. So first one, of course, how long have you been a Marlins fan?
0: Too long. Too long. <laughs> my, my whole life, I guess. Like, I, I, in 05, you know, two years after the, first, the second championship, I was seven, you know. I've grown up. I grew up like ten minutes away from the old stadium, Joe Robbie slash Sun Life slash Dolphin Stadium, whatever you want to call it. It's called Hard Rock now, but I still call it Joe Robbie. And you know, my dad. I wasn't. I don't really come from a base. I'm. I'm from Cuban descent, so baseball is big anyway. But in my family specifically, we're more music. But he took me to a game one time, and just, I, I just fell in love. You know, you know the walking up through the tunnel, seeing the field it was a day game against the Phillies, actually, if I remember correctly, and just seeing the diamond, the grass, the smell, instant, instant love right there. And I, I there's lots of ups and downs of this team, but still here. So I don't think I'm leaving anytime soon.
1: How does the, the new or the, the current stadium compare, right? Cause I guess, you know, you've, you've been able to, you, you have that opinion anyway.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's night and day, (laughs) because the whole time I've been a fan, it it was Loria slash Samson, you know, that ownership group. So I saw good team dismantled, good team dismantled. I've seen that. I I was around for the 06 rebuild, the 2013 rebuild, and now the 2018 rebuild. Three rebuilds, Mm and my I was seven years old. I'm 22 now. Whatever the difference that is, I can't do math very well. I've seen I've seen this this team in the gutter for a long time, and for the first time in a long time, it seems like we're going in you know that direction you know upwards. Absolutely. And, I mean, hey, I did. This is the first time I got to see my team in the playoffs. I didn't even get to see them in 03, and so I missed out completely. So even this was fun, even though I couldn't go to the games, I just had to see on TV. Just being able to see it on TV, see them on ESPN or Fox or whatever national broadcast mm-hmm. it was awesome awesome awesome
1: 100 percent. and normal season how often are you able to to get to the games
0: oh so, well i when i was growing up me and my dad like after i really got into baseball yeah he we we got season we would have like the 40 game season ticket pass so i would go to a lot of games growing up mm-hmm. i would practically lived at that, that old stadium but once they moved to the new stadium you know Now it's in a completely different part of town. It's way south down towards Miami. Traffic, it's just a bitch to get there. So I went, by 2013, that's kind of when I stopped going. I would still watch the the games on TV, but as far as going there from 2014 to 18, I I didn't go at all. And then once like, you know, Jeter took over, I'm seeing different things. I kind of bought into it a little bit more. That's when I was like, okay, I'll go to a couple games. Like last year, I went to like five games this year. I, was, I had the 10 game pack for season tickets. I splurged on myself a little bit early graduation gift. Love it. And, but um, then COVID happened. So it is what it is. I'll try. I'll, I'll go to definitely opening day next, next season if we're allowed. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's to be determined as well, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll really, so- I don't know how
0: bad it is. I don't know how bad, like the cases are uh, on your neck of the woods but over here especially florida it doesn't seem like it's getting any better it's it's in the shithole now
1: yeah yeah well we're we're currently uk are, are currently in a four-week uh lockdown at the moment so we're kind of back to really? um i guess um main restrictions and whatever so i think we're two weeks into that now so um you know we've we've tried to get a, a grip on it uh, but you're right things are you know they're still not good and they're bleak uh, very bleak you know bleak exactly so you know we'll see how things trend i'm i'm intrigued actually something that Craig Mish mentioned last week when we when we spoke was you know listen 162 is is not guaranteed right now you know baseball starting on time is not guaranteed so you know there's going to be some decisions to make he also was talking about you know the dh is that going to happen again What's the expanded playoffs going to be? Are they going to be expanded? You know, I'm really intrigued to see what 2021 looks like. I'm not convinced that, you know, by March, that, you know, stadiums will be just fully packed out. Like, I just don't – I don't see that eventuality right now. Yeah.
0: It seems like that's uh, really unrealistic to go yeah. back to normal life. I know, like, this whole year everybody been saying, oh, I can't wait for next year. Things we going to be back to normal. Things will be great. I can go back to the ballpark, get to go to the clubs, go out with my boys or gals, whatever. But it doesn't seem like it's getting there. It's bleak. Hopefully, we can at least be there. You know, just the, the, NL, the LCS and World Series games, just seeing fans there in limited capacity. That in itself was surreal. Like, wow, human beings, not cardboards, are at watching this game. That was cool. So maybe, uh, maybe, you know, people like to make Marlins attendance jokes all the time. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll be throwing a bone. Maybe we can go to a couple of games nice and socially distanced.
1: There we go. I mean, it's, it's a perfect uh, punchline for the Marlins for sure. I mean, uh, makes, makes sense. But anyway, uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it rolling here. So couple of other intro ones, Um favorite ever Marlin.
0: Oh, uh, wow. I, it's a tie, I guess, between Miguel Cabrera, you know, way back when he's still a Marlin to me. I, I, that was like the first player I was like, wow, that guy is awesome. He's great. And then later on towards when I was a little older, knew the game better. I was playing it myself. Jose Fernandez, no doubt. He was obviously the sweetheart of the Marlins. Everybody in Miami loved him. You know, Miami's full of Cubans, So, and I'm Cuban, so kind of latched onto that. Really, and tragic way to end his life. You know, yeah. stupid decision.
1: Absolutely, but top guy, top talent.
0: Um, oh yeah, yeah, he's a great person. Who, I mean, for what I know I'm just a fan. I never knew him, but seemed like a great person. Cared about, his, you know, his teammates. Cared about, the, loved the game. His passion. It was. It was really inspiring. And his story of him getting to America. You know well, it's like a, like a movie. It's like a Hollywood kind of thing.
1: There you go. There you go. It, you know, it's, it was a sad moment. Remains a sad moment, you know, just seeing Donnie, uh, you know, post game after the Marlins clinched was on the anniversary of, of Jose passing and, you know, just how emotional Don was. He talked pregame actually about, uh, you know, he, he's changed his routine. He does, you know, 16 push-ups or whatever, instead of, you know, whatever. And, you know, changed his his routines. He's always got a, I think some sort of bracelet on that, that um, reminds him of, of Jose. So, you know, he's, he was a big character. Real love. Real love. love. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's finish up with two more favorite ever Marlins jersey. And there's been a lot of them.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, Oh. If they would, if they would make the lettering on the blacks current blacks right now, I think that would be one of my favorites. But before the the one they won in the, in ninety seven, the World Series, the uh, the white pinstri- white uh, white teal pinstripes with the teal Marlins vests. Oh, those are they wore them last year for throwbacks. Those are awesome. And yeah. then the black ones they wore when they uh, won the 03 World Series. That one clean 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 chef's clean. kiss, chef's kiss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> love it love it I, not the orange though no
0: Uh no except when i only liked those jerseys when jose was wearing it anybody else i was like yeah.
1: they look sharp on jose for sure um so if if i had to if, if i ask you now who who do you like least of Christian Yalich or Ronald Acuna?
0: Oh my God, I don't like either of <laughs> them. <laughs> uh, just for division rival's sake, I'll say Acuna. He could be a little bit of a, you know, a pissy baby boy. <laughs> he's um, a real actor.
1: He is. He is an actor. Um, he's not that active on Twitter, I must say. He only you know he, because he got clowned
0: clown for that last one saying oh they, hit, they can't get me out so they hit me and then he goes like what like four for 40 oh, that's an arbitrary number he, go, he just went, goes into a huge slump after that doesn't produce at all in the postseason and then his team gets eliminated so he got to go home too and they blew a 3-1 lead so there you go
1: <laughs> love it I, knew, I had a sense you were going to go that way and so that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to ask the question, just to you know rub it in on the Braves because you know, we've got him, we've got him. So, <laughs> we got him. So we got him, right? Let's dive into Marlins news specifically, and you know really, it was this is just huge news, not just yeah. for not just for, for the Marlins, not just for Florida sports, not just for baseball, America. In in my opinion this news it is worldwide news trust me it was on you you asked me pre uh, pod what's what's baseball coverage like in the UK there is none there is no coverage of baseball in the UK but on our main one of our main sports um, news uh, channels sky sports here in the UK for, for the UK listeners third third item on that day Kim Ang announced as Marlin's GM so that wow. You know, to me, says a huge amount about this hire, and not just we'll get into her her qualifications, what she's going to be getting up to, but really, it's just a, it's a huge story. Kim, first female GM um, in in baseball and in in any of the the main professional sports there in uh, in the US. So. You know, incredible news. What was your what was the immediate reaction from from you when you saw the news break? It was last
0: Friday. It was last week. Yeah. Well, my first reaction was, "Damn, Eli from Fish Stripes. Yeah. Eli was right. <laughs> he called it like four days before." And to be honest, when like when he wrote that that, that name down, because I think he was quoting his own tweet saying, "Who do you think will be the next GM?" And he wrote uh, Kimang, and I read that, I was like. Like, I knew the name, but I really didn't know who she was, what she's done, the road she's been on. And I was like, yeah, interesting. Don't really know much about. So I didn't really have an opinion. But then when I saw it was announced, my, I was like, holy shit, Eli was right. And yeah. then as I did my more of my research, I could have been more proud. You know, ba- baseball, sports in general, especially here in America, it's always been, you know, kind of like a a boys club. It's, it's very, anytime a, a woman reporter or some, some woman in sports, especially on Twitter, the most toxic place in the world. Yeah. Uh, anytime you'll, the comments will be flooded with just absolute dog shit. Just like stuff that you would never say to a person in, in real life. And just vile, very, like, you know, what I'm trying to say and just, just seeing her hired as a, after I did my research as a baseball, I tweeted this as a baseball fan of the Marlins. I was excited just for her qualifications alone,
1: mm. what
0: she could do, but as a person, as somebody who tries to be aware of social commentary, stuff that's going on, you know, social justice, and all that type of stuff. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for women everywhere. You, you see it on, on Twitter right now, women, who have been baseball fans their whole life and little girls, now they're getting into baseball and the Marlins. Who, who the fuck? Mate? The Marlins fan base is growing. And it's just, no, it's it's awesome. It's inspiring. Her words ring true. Anything is possible with enough hard work, enough drive, enough and some luck. Anything is really possible. And that's why I think we're going to sign JT Realmuto. Oh! Oh, I love it! Well,
1: listen. Let us let, pump the brakes on JT. Um, we, that, that's coming up. We're gonna we're gonna look ahead to to the off season and the winter and whatever. But let let's let's pump the brakes. JT will be a big talking point, as well as a few other names. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, did you <laughs> did you manage to see the um, the media intro uh, press conference that Kim did on Monday? I think it was. Did you manage to catch that in the end?
0: I skimmed some of it because i was i think I, I was in the middle of something one while, while it was going on and i was like trying to like you know watch a little bit on my phone while i was doing something else <laughs> and i it just uh, one thing that really that i that i did see that really kind of stuck out to me was when i forgot his name but i i, I assume he was some sort of you know uh latino reporter reporter um and the, one of the marlins i guess the person Organizing the press conference, the host whatever asked yeah. if he needed a translator, and he said no, I don't need one. And he spoke with his own words and asked the question on behalf of her daughter, of his own daughter, who I uh, who I guess was as a you know little girl, you know a child. Yeah. And and her just what she, what she answered, I think he, I don't remember exactly what the question was, but saying you know what what, what do, you, what would you say to her, something like that. Yeah. And where the how she just. Said like, like I said before, anything is possible. You know, it doesn't. Glass ceilings are being broken everywhere, right? Right now, and it's it's awesome. awesome. It's it's cool. Awesome, it's very good to see. Very good to see.
1: Hundred percent. That was that was the main soundbite from the whole. I mean, that press conference was exceptional, in my opinion. And um, yeah, I was. She spoke incredibly well, and took on all questions there was a lot of questions. There. there was a lot of media there on that call um to put into context Very big deal.
0: yeah well absolutely
1: yeah. you know put into context on that there were around about 110 um media guys on that call when when Derek Jeter addressed the media after the covid shutdown for the Marlins there was around about 80 or 85 on that so you know that was a huge story as well in itself but you know, this this is a bigger story no doubt and um you know you had It's for something good too.
0: It's not like, (laughs) oh God, there go the Marlins again. It was like, oh, hey, the Marlins. Hey.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. The Marlins, the Marlins have, you know, and really we look back at, at, you know, since um, Bruce Sherman and Derek Jeter have, have taken over, I struggle to find a misstep they've made, if I'm completely honest, with any of the hires, with any of the people they've brought into the organization. For me, I don't think they've made a mistake yet. What about you?
0: Uh, my only complaint, like, as far as their hires, I think a lot of them, I think just about everyone, I, I, I love when they hired James Rouston. I liked when they brought back Don Mattingly, even though I have my own opinions on him. I think bringing him back in this current stage was a good move. Br- bringing back Mickey Rowe, you know, hard and solo team. Mm-hmm. Obviously hiring Kim Ang. um Bringing in Gary Denbo. It, 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 this, it, a lot of people like to joke, Hey, it's the Miami Yankees. but hey, Yankees are like the, you know, the example you want to follow as an organization. They're, they, they're the winners. And you surround yourself with winners, winning culture comes. And I really like what they've done so far. The only things I may, eh, like, I guess, you know, a lot of people like to, hindsight's always twenty twenty. 20 trade always seems very lopsided. And hopefully, you know, guys like Monte, Ysan, and, or and even brinson he's made a lot of strides this year hopefully they can continue to make strides and make that trade a little more even um but now other than some minor little moves like uh for example like and when they didn't bring back uh nick whitgren from the reliever back in 2018 Mm -hmm. i thought letting him go was a little dumb he's now he was doing well with the indians last i checked but yeah as overall as a whole no i'm they're, they're no Laurie or, or Samson. They, they, they're certainly doing a lot better so far,
1: and hopefully it continues. well they're, they're trending. You, you pointed to it you know right at the top, you know the, the arrow is, is pointed up for the Marlins, and yeah. you know really for me when I, look, when I look across just chatter and commentary, not just Marlins guys, when I look at what other fans of other teams are saying about the Marlins, everyone I talk to right now is Hey, the Marlins looking legit, you know, yeah. they're, they're looking like a real team now. And all of a sudden, you know, the Braves guys are going, you know, Holy shit. These boys are coming. The Phillies are going shit. They beat us out, <laughs> you know, at a second spot, you know, what's going on. You know, it's, they're really trending, which is exciting for us. Right. You know, we've, we've, you know, you follow the team longer than me, but um, you know, the years I followed them, it's been a tough slog
0: at times. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> been, they've been the butt of everybody's joke for a long, long time. And as a fan, it's, you're just like, "Oh God!" Like, can't they just, can't they just get it together? And they're finally yeah. starting to get it together. It seems like, and it feels good. Makes you feel, it. Kind of validates your fandom a little bit. Yeah. You know, but no, I couldn't be happier it's actually fun to watch marlins games now like that period of time there was a period of time where i wasn't really paying as much attention to the marlins as i used to but probably mostly because i was like i don't really don't like where this team's going i'm trying to like watch from a distance so i don't hurt myself like emotionally but now now it's like i I have fun watching about the marlins i have fun talking about the marlins That's why i made the account just to be able to talk marlins with with other marlins fans so it's been awesome it's been really cool Agreed. Absolutely.
1: And one final thing on Kim, and this was another thing that she mentioned. I I can't recall who asked the question, but it was, you know, do you feel pressure now in terms of the role? And I think the way she described it was, listen, I had pressure on this shoulder um, originally where it was, can I get the job? Now I've got it. The pressure has just moved over to the other shoulder of, well, now I need to deliver. And so I thought that was really telling. But really, for, for Kim now, all eyes will be on on her and the moves the Marlins make. And, you know, really, you know, it'll be object, you know, they'll be objectively looking to see how the Marlins go in the next two, to three years and, and, and what impact she makes. So it's going to be. It's going to be really interesting for her, isn't it? But there is going to be a lot of pressure associated to her and, and there's going to be eyeballs on her in this role.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, when you're the first anything, mm-hmm. you know, when you're the first one doing something, you, you're doing, you're paving new ground, you, the microscopes, the, mic, micro, mic, the microscope's definitely on you. You know, everything that Kim is about, is going to be doing, it's going to be under the microscope. It's going to be criticized. If it's not bearing the, the rewards right away, She's going to get a lot of attention, a lot of criticism. Mm -hmm. And if it works out, she'll get a lot of praise. And that's part, you know, it's part of the gig when you're paving new ground. You're, you're, you know, I think of obviously this, I don't know if it's a correct comparison, but obviously when, you know, when Jackie Robinson, you know, broke the color barrier and he was the first black major league baseball player, Mm -hmm. obviously completely different circumstances, completely different time. But it's everything he was doing, if they would look for any reason to, you know, shit on him for, to, to to validate the other side's opinion, saying, "Oh, see, this is why we shouldn't have blank in the game." So she's definitely gonna have to face that, and and I I, I think she'll more than rise to the occasion. I think she's frankly very overqualified for this yeah. position. I really wouldn't be surprised if she is president of baseball operations for the Marlins within a few years. It wouldn't surprise me because her just coming on as the general man. I mean, Mike Hill was the president of baseball operations and i and she is twice as qualified as he is. So yeah, I think she, she, she'll be taking on a lot of responsibility coming very soon. And I think she'll, she will do very well. Yeah. I have a lot of confidence in her. Me too.
1: Like you, it was announced. I, I'd never heard of her, you know, frankly, I, I hadn't. And so, started to look around like you research what's the background what's the history what what are the stories and everything was just overwhelmingly positive positive. and the word you use there overqualified is the words that's the main word I think I've heard used to describe her for this position is that she's overqualified and it's a great hire for the Marlins because you what a perfect situation you you fill a role with an overqualified person who's hungry to, to deliver. I mean,
0: that's the, that's, that's the, that's the word. I like that you use that word. You know, she's been kind of like, she's always been the assistant GM. She's Mm -hmm. always been like the number, the number two, the number three, she's never been the one in the head seat and she's been gaining all this knowledge. I mean, she was working in the, um, after she was when she got initially got hired as an intern with the White Sox in like 1990, she, well, like, Old friend Alex Fernandez. He was part of that '97 Marlins team. Um, she was actually she was actually worked on the arbit on his arbitration case for the White Sox and for she was on the White Sox side for arbitration. So and she won that case for the White Sox. So in turn, she kind of screwed over Alex. <laughs> but it yeah. just you know just kind of like show and she, I, I'm not she was that was before she got with the Yankees and only like a couple years after she was hired as an intern. And she's already up to speed. She's very hungry, very, very um, tenacious, very driven. And I, that's a great, great quality, uh, quality to have, especially in this type of business. She, Brian Cashman actually handpicked her because when Brian, when the Yankees hired him as the GM, he was the one that handpicked her to be his assistant GM and Brian Cashman, you know, He's the Yankees GM. He he knows his his shit too. So yeah, she she she's she's, she's got it. She's got it in the bag.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent on that one. What a hire! What a what a press conference! What a story! There's just so much to feel good about this in in you know in yeah. so many ways. So you know, well done the Marlins. I was surprised in some ways that Mike Hill. Uh, wasn't you know on the face of it anyway because Mike Hill must have been the busiest guy in the league this year. I you know he must have been because of everything the Marlins went through.
0: He made the the Marlins made the most moves out of this year. I think they made yeah in sixty games. That's the thing. I Have to remember that sixty games in. Remember how long the season was exactly from July twenty fourth from opening day to the end of the season. I think it was like sixty five or seventy days. You hmm. know something crazy. Two months basically they made over 160 moves. That's a lot. That's a lot. He was working hard. You know, when, when Jeter and Sherman took over, I, you know, they were cleaning house, getting mm-hmm. rid of, you know, why would they keep guys like David Sampson around and guys who were part of the problem. So it makes sense. So when they kept Michael Hill, that to me, I was like, wow, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, he's been the guy make it, you know, he he was the person in, at the helm making you know those bad trades like Fernando Rodney for you know Chris Paddock or or Luis Castillo trading him twice for Dan Straley, um, and so I was surprised when they kept him. So and then it kind of like seemed like he was more just Michael Hill was just being the puppet for Jeffrey Loria and David Sampson. Like it was more like them making the bad moves and Michael was just kind of like tagging along with it, I guess. Yeah. And you know as time went on you know he you know specifically last year 2019 trade deadline when they were able to flip Sergio Romo for Lewin Diaz and they were able to flip Nick Anderson for Jesus Sanchez and w- hindsight's always 2020 and obviously those guys have had very small sample size in the big leagues you know they had no minor league se- season this year so they were kind of counting on developing in this weird MLB season, so and each of them only had like less than twenty at bats, something something like that, very small. So it's still really early to jury still out on whether what they pan out into. But at that time, flipping thirty late thirty year old Sergio Romo, whose glory days are well past him, to be able to flip him for a top one hundred prospect and Lewin Diaz, aka Carlos Delgado Jr., to be able to flip Nick Anderson, who was a indie ball pitcher months before. For another top 100 prospect, and hey, with uh, Jesus Sanchez, that's some good moves, very good moves. And you could, you, you could say that's more Jeter and you know, and Gary Denbow is doing, which maybe there's some validity, validity to that. But I'd like to think that Mike Hill also had some play in that. And obviously, this year he was able to create a, a you know, after the COVID thing happened, be able to put a roster together using you know, duct tape and and, and uh, glue stick, you know, and, t- and duct tape and was able to still make the playoffs. Uh, I, I, was, I was expecting him to be re-signed, honestly. So, yeah, when he was not renewed, I was like, wow, that's surprising. Let's see what they bring in. And then I bring in Kim Ang.
1: And here we are. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, crazy, you know, just... Hearing you talk that through, it's incredible, really. You know, just thinking though, you know, those deadline deals in 2019, Marlins just did
0: as yeah, to get Jazz. Obviously, people are still like, eh, about letting go of Zach Gallon. which, mm-hmm. yeah, Zach Gallon's turned to a really good pitcher. But if Jazz projects to what he becomes, becomes what he projects to be, then that'll be another badass trade. Absolutely. For that, that ownership group.
1: Absolutely. Well, listen, let's, let's keep it rolling then on um, near-term decisions that Kim and the guys need to make. One, one of those, I guess, watershed moments is today, where the Marlins need to decide who's on the 40 uh, and who we're going to protect from the Rule 5 draft next month. I think going into – I think the deadline is maybe in about three hours' time. Um, As we record this, this is like quarter to 9pm UK time, Um, so it's about three hours away. We've got two open spots. Everything points to um, Encarnacion and Jose Devers being added to protect those two. Um, Leaving a couple of guys unprotected, I think the main names really that I saw were, uh, I think, Touchdown Tommy, Stone Garrett, Will Stewart. Uh, There's a couple of others on there, but I think Encarnacion and and, and Jose Devers in particular were guys that you perhaps would need to add to protect, but um, what's your sense on this one? Is it just going to be purely these two on and no other business or could there be something else?
0: Hard to say, you know, COVID's really thrown a monkey wrench into this whole off season. Mm -hmm. Teams are kind of like, what's going to happen? Are fans even going to be allowed next year? Like, Money, you know money is a question mark right now. So to be able to put in more to protect more guys, you would need to be able to like either make some trades, release some guys if you plan to sign more, which in the market right now is a lot of question marks. Hmm. So I think I think the safest bet would be yeah, Gerard Incanacion, Jose Devers, protect those two. I really like I really like Incarnacion a lot, but Devers, he I don't know, something about him. I saw him play uh, a couple of times up in, in, um, in Jupiter with the Hammerheads. Slick defender, makes really good contact, a lot of speed. Something about him I really like. I, I don't know if he'll turn into you – know, I don't know what he's going to pan out into. Mm-hmm. But something about him I really like. Maybe he'll become a trade chip. You could say the same thing for Gerard, A lot of pop, You know, quite questionable defense. He's probably a long-term DH you know, the DH coming to the NL, hopefully next year for, for permanent sake. But you never know. But a lot of pop. Reminds me a lot of Stanton early on. You know, his swing look, just smacks the ball. But well, does that translate to big league pitching? Always a question mark. And I think um, Locked On Marlins, um, that podcast, mm-hmm. I was listening to them. And they are talking about, obviously, this is still trading from the doors is, is, you know, a fantasy. But I th- a trade package for him, I think that would include a guy like Gerard Being able to s- sell high on him, you know, he put up good numbers in the fall league, mm-hmm. and there's quest He kind of struggled as he got up to higher levels. Um, uh, uh, when he got up, I think to high A, and he's like 23. Yeah, he's old for being in in high A. I think I don't remember exactly what his age is, and I can see them selling. High- if not for Lindor, I could see that him being part of a package selling high on him for something. Maybe you can get a guy. Like, um, I don't even know what would you trade from. It all depends who, what team you're kind of going for. But, yeah, those two specifically, yeah, I think those are the two that's going to be protected. That's, like, the safe answer, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, everything's trending that way. Um, you know, the question, I think it isn't who the Marlins protect. It's more so what else okay. there is outside of the Marlins that maybe is available and they go, hey, mm-hmm. listen, let's, let's make something happen. I think that's more of the interest because there yeah. will be those situations.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, the Moms making the playoffs this year, it was kind of, it's thanks to some circumstance, you know, a shortened season, a lot of doubleheaders, seven inning doubleheaders, and, you know, expanded playoffs. So even though we still did really well, improved as a team for a team that lost 105 games last year, there's still a lot of strides made. But I think the Marlins going into next year, they definitely should ride that momentum a little bit going because right now there is some interest in the Marlins. He made the playoffs, 6-0. You know, people are paying attention to him, Kim Aang, you know, that that is a totally different level. So there's there's interest going into them. And you know, the Marlins are always struggling with getting people to the ballpark. And I think getting a guy that people are interested in like JT Romulo or getting a guy like, uh, you know, you know, uh, getting, you know, James McCann, somebody who, who who's a, a slightly bigger name than what we've seen so far. I think that could really help. You know, and there's a definite holes in this team right now, specifically at, sec- at, at catcher and maybe even at second base right now is a question, depending on whether you think jazz is, you know, going to be in the, you know, in the, in the roster next year or spending some time in AAA. So I think, yeah, they should really definitely try to, make a splash maybe not a huge splash but try to make something happen going into the next year that I would that's something I would like to see I'd like to see them do something because I mean, you can't just bank because you can't just bank on prospects panning out right when you needed to because every prospect's different it's a it's a, it's a game you don't know what what's ever going to happen yeah
1: yeah agreed I, I think that you know the catcher position you know it, it needs to be looked at. It will be addressed. I'm sure it will, because yeah. we look at the postseason, and you know Chad Wallach was the the starting catcher throughout the whole of the postseason. So, yeah. you know, going into the season, he was third string, if not fourth string. Obviously, yeah. Alfaro was on the bench. Savelli retired, uh, unfortunately, um, but you know, it says a lot. It says a lot on the Marlins. I'm going to need to address the catcher position. They're
0: catching. Yeah. They're catching situation. I mean, their biggest prospect is Will Banfield at that position who defensively, he's probably big league ready right now, but mm-hmm. that bat, you know, you know, catcher, you're always going to sacrifice some offense for defense. Always. That's always yeah. always going to be, but it's, it's kind of hard to justify him being in a lineup every day, you know, Will Banfield because he just, mm-hmm. he's not putting up numbers. Hopefully that he develops. You never know what's going to happen. But and all and in the case of Alfaro, you know, he came in that six-to deal. He's got lots and lots of tools. You know, he can he can throw. He can, he can he has lots of power. But his plate discipline and overall swing and miss. That's what that's why he's left out of the lineup. I know that uh, you know people would like say, oh, Wallach, you know, he fra- he calls a better game. He frames better. And while that may be true, him framing better, but come on, let's get real. If if you hit, you're going to be in the lineup. And Alfaro was putting up third string catcher numbers. He was putting up the same exact numbers as Wallach. Now, granted, 90 at-bats, irregular playing time, had COVID. So I don't think Alfaro – I'm not – some people are really, like, kind of saying want to drop Alfaro. And I don't know if I want to do that. I, that's why I think signing a guy like James McCann for a couple of years, you know, this all depends what he would want to sign for. And obviously there's a market for him because not everybody no, – only one team's going to get JT – Real Mudo. and it might be just the Mets because they have so much money. But um, I, I think getting a guy like James McCann or even trading for Salvador Perez, you know, or I and on Mons, they made another case for trading for Wilson Contreras. That could be another interesting yeah. option for Capture because I want, I, I don't want to drop off Farrell yet because he last year, he hasn't been put in the best position to have success. He hasn't. Regular playing time. Not many at bats, bench the whole postseason. And it's just like, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Yeah, he's getting older. I think he's like 20 about to turn 28 next year. And we could you can only say be patient with a guy with a guy for so long. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be a late bloomer, but yeah, I really need to see some strides around him this next year. And I think getting a guy, a rental catcher, you know, for a couple years, you know, somebody like James McCann, Salvi Perez. Wilson he you know he's the stopgap for a little bit because I I would like to see Alfaro may uh you know receiving and pitch and pitch calling that's something you can improve that's something that improves as you have more experience but his swing and miss numbers his lack of lack of a a plate approach his lack of plate discipline a lot of questions a lot of concern there and that's something he really needs to work on if he wants to be a starting catcher because otherwise i'll i don't see him getting on a good team he, he'll be lucky to be backup at the, if he continues in this kind of trend yeah. so I, I hope he pans out but i i think definitely that's a need to, especially if you want to contend next year like you know put some sort of competition on the field you know finish above 500 they need to address the catching position yeah. desperately it's not just
1: at the major league level too, right? You know, it's clear the system in general, yeah. it, it needs more too. So maybe they're going to go, you know, I don't know how big the draft is. I think it's a shortened draft again uh, in 2021. Yeah. Maybe there's going to go six, six catches. you know,
0: just. <laughs> <laughs> Drafted uh, five or six pitchers last year. I was yeah. like kind of waiting for them. I was like, okay, they're getting a lot of, a lot of arms. They got to get like, like a catcher or two to catch these dudes. Cause Yeah. Other than Will Banfield, you know, there's not much there, you know, as far as real depth. I'd like to see them draft, a, you know, obviously, I think this draft is going to be very high school heavy. And drafting, you know, a high schooler in the first round is already kind of questionable because there's such a blank canvas. But drafting a high school catcher, that uh, that's going to be tough. I don't even think JT was a – JT wasn't, didn't even become a catcher till. I think after he got drafted, or right before he got drafted, and he was in college, I think. So it's like you definitely some a guy I like, Adrian Del Castillo from the University of Miami. I've tweeted about him a couple times. He's a type. Of, he's really good catch and throw, good receiver, can block the play really well. Hits has a good bat. He's somebody if he's even available still by the time I don't even know what pick the Marlins have this year, but if he's available, oh get him. Get him, get him, get him. Or I forgot There's another guy. His name's escaping me, but he's been called like Will, uh, uh, one of my followers. He calls him like Will Smith uh, 2.0. Okay. And any, anything with Will Smith, like anything that compares to Will Smith, the Dodgers catcher, if he's like him, hell yeah, take him. Take him. We about we about need as much as we can get right now at that position. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. Listen, give me a percentage. You know, Ria Muto, we're talking about the catcher here. <laughs> The premier catcher is available. He's available. You want to pay the you want to pay the dude. He will come back to Miami.
0: No doubt about it. In my in yeah, my he's gonna he's gonna chase the bag. He will if it's a team, if a team in Japan is gonna pay him the most money, that's <laughs> where he's gonna go play. I don't doubt it. So it's I would like Miami the then, Marlins, right? well, we'll see. I would like the Marlins to at least try because listen it's an investment. He's the best in the game. He's improved as he's gotten older. He doesn't, he's not showing signs of regression. He can always play first base later down the line. Once, you know, as he's getting older, once catching is no longer an option, he can still play a pretty good first base and mm-hmm. his bad is solid, especially for a catcher. Mm-hmm. That's an investment. I think you got to make you, you got, you can always backload the contract because Obviously, you know the, the immediate future, 2021, 2022. It's still a question just because of how COVID is, and just the situation and everything. So you can always kind of like backload the contract a little bit if that's your concern. But you know, he, you you traded Stanton for payroll flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, you, for this for this type of thing. Once you're in a better situation financially once your rebuild is kind of taking shape you have all this depth you can always trade your your abundance of prospects for other holes like for like probably for second base if they wanted to or maybe get a guy like Michael Brantley oh no he's a free agent There, mind. right um, yeah no I don't see if Marlins make no effort to get Rio mudo I'll be disappointed very disappointed uh,
1: I think they'll make the call um, I'm just not sure I- that I'm not sure. Hey, about... come on, baby. Yeah, come, come on. Home. Exactly. <laughs> we'll make the call. Chen's money is off the books. I've mentioned it a few times. You know, there's 20 mil it, there. Yeah.
0: You That's know? 20 mil. The TV deal, you know, the I don't know exactly what's going to happen. That's supposed going to get double the original money. Like I think uh, originally the TV deal was something like 20 million, 25 million. Now they're supposed to get, you know, compared to like a team like the Rays who are in a similar market. Who put up? And I think their their ratings are similar. That's I don't know. I think they the Rays are sixty million plus, maybe even more. So I think fifty million, double of the previous. Mm -hmm. I think that's doable, and that's that's money right there. And if the WBC rounds, because originally they were supposed to be here Mm -hmm. at Marlins Park for like the semifinals and then the finals round for the World Baseball Classic, and obviously that was postponed for COVID. If that happens again, you know, where they plan to have it at Marlins Park, that's even more revenue possible revenue for them to, you know, have, you know, some cash in their pocket. So there's much, mo- there's gonna be money there. It's not gonna be Yankees money, it's not gonna be Philly's stupid money, but it's gonna be money. And just splurge yourself a little bit. We'll see. Well splurge. Christmas shopping. <laughs> Listen, it it it's
1: a position of need. We know the it's guy. A- he is elite you're right if you want to invest maybe if it isn't
0: if, that, if- and not only that that'll win back a lot of scorn fans who were like when the this rebuild first happened like oh there they go again and then yeah. bringing back JT that could win back a few quite a few fans that were initially turned off and that could show that to the fans who aren't sold yet on this whole ownership group that saying oh they may be for real
1: just picture it now Sixto Sanchez Pitkin oh, yeah. <laughs> JT Riamuto Catching.
0: Oh, it would be never hear the end of that. No. <laughs> it'll be the greatest, it'll be the greatest swind uh robbery in baseball. I don't know, about that, but it'll be a real up there. doozy. <laughs> it'll be a doozy.
1: What what have the Phillies done? Why I, I just I can't understand how
0: they've, they've gotten themselves t- into this position. They've totally themselves in the ass. They were like, they were kind of like, they were kind of like the other old core of the Marlins, you know, 16, 17 when they had Jose and everybody else. They looked like they were going up here, but a lot of bad decisions, bad signings just really put them in the gutter. And they got nobody to blame but themselves, man, because it, it's their fault they didn't extend JT Ramudo. Because trading for six, trading your 6 though for JT Ramudo, mm-hmm. that's a at the time that's an even trade. Marlins get what they want. Philly's got got a, the best catcher in baseball. And they and I and everybody kind of assumed, oh yeah, they're going to extend them. Of course they are. Why the hell wouldn't they? Bryce Harper and JT Romuto, that's a pretty good beginning of a core right there. And man, they just they fumbled it. They fumbled the bag.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, if it isn't to be JT,
1: listen, I think the Marlins they will make the call. I don't think, I don't think financially we'll maybe get there in the end, but another name, free agent name knocking around, I'll just float this by you. What about, what about Trevor Bauer this year? What's your thoughts on him? Just kind of adding in, you know, get Bauer in there, Cy Young winner. um, Yeah. You know, spicy character. That
0: that, that Cy Young award, that definitely upped his price a little bit now. Kind of wish DeGrom would have won it. So he would have, be a little cheaper but if they can do it sure because a lot of people like to say you know you know the biggest strength of this team is the starting pitching everybody knows that Sixto, Sandy, Pablo, hell even Eliezer, Trevor Rogers, um, Braxton Garrett who I think might be a bullpen kind of option long term but there's an or Edward Ed Cabrera who's still in the minors pitching is not going to be um, a you know, pitching is always a necessity, but it's not the urgent issue at the moment. Like the old core was. Old core had all offense, no pitching. Now it's kind of like the opposite. We're all pitching, so, so offense. But I like the idea of getting a vet starter, somebody who's reliable to kind of anchor this young rotation. Because, you know, they may not be inexperienced anymore, but the reality is durability is still kind of a question with Sixto, who's hot and cold, you know, questions about his, whether he can stay healthy. Same with somebody like Sandy. You know, none of those guys, I, I, I don't think anybody, of any of them have pitched over 170 innings in, in a season. I don't think Sandy reached that point. I don't think Pablo. So there's, I, I do like the idea of getting somebody like a Trevor Bauer, if you're not, if that may be too expensive, maybe you could buy low on a guy like Corey Kluber who I know there's been a lot of questions about his, his health, you know, he's had a really bad injury, but get buying him low buying him at a low price, maybe for a one or two year deal, kind of like a prove it kind of a deal. I would like that. I, I would like that a lot, or maybe like Charlie Morton or yeah. you know, something, something like that. I I, 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 I would like to get somebody who's the anchor anchor to a staff. He might not be the ace. He may not, you know, light up the board, but he'll give you five, six innings every start know preserve your bullpen a little bit because with these young pitchers they're volatile sometimes they'll give you nine shutout innings sometimes they'll be out by the second inning you know 10 runs six walks zero strikeouts kind of thing so i like that idea of kind of like getting somebody who's kind of more of a sure thing get the bullpen you know give them a rest you know because the bullpen has its own questions that should be addressed too they have holes there too that's
1: true that is true but just on the uh the rotation side jose arena with the team next year or not?
0: Hell no! <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> Hell no! Pa la casa go home, man. Go pitch for the Braves. Oh, oh. I don't love that, actually. No, I, I really don't see Jose. I don't think there's any real reason to, for Ho, for Jose to be back. I, I just don't see it. You have so many more better options in the minors who could do who could perf- who can contribute more than Araneta at, at this time. You know, he obviously – you know, I, I like to clown the guy, but you never want to see a guy get hurt. No. And him, get, you know, breaking his arm at, at Yankee Stadium, it really sucked. And now not only was his ability in question, now his health and overall you know, being able to pitch anymore because that was a really bad injury. And I don't know how his, reco- his recovery is going. He's not really present on social media, you know, so I, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely expect him – I don't expect him on the roster next year. No way.
1: No, I'm just thinking, you know, they uh, declined the option for Kinsler, so they didn't want to pay him. It was a big part, you know, it was a big, big part of the Marlins last year, and this year, but, you know, last season. um, You know, really, for Arrhenia, he obviously went down with COVID. He was part of that that crew that went down, came back, Mm -hmm. you know, hot and cold. uh, Then obviously ended up injured, breaking his arm. I mean, you know, really doesn't point to them I guess, tendering Irania. They, I think he's his final year of AB this year, isn't it? I think anyway, so.
0: Yeah, he, he's due for, he was due for a raise next year and.
1: It ain't going to happen, is it? It, it ain't going the money. <laughs> they've been trying to trade him for three years and no one's said yes. So.
0: I know that's a problem because they've been trying, they've, nobody, nobody wants him. That, that's no. the thing. When you, when your value, his value is probably at the lowest it's ever been now. And it's like you know, gets to a point, like like with Chen. You know, they were trying to get him trade him forever. Yeah. But with that much money, I and mean, he's not getting paid $20 million. But for <laughs> as much as getting paid, how little he produces, best option is just tendering him.
1: I, I, I think so. I think unfortunately, I Urania, I like uh you know, he's he's a dogged character. He he'll fight and scrap and I like that a lot. You know character traits wise you know he'll he'll give you that but
0: that's the attitude you need in a pitcher you know um part of the reason i've really grown to like like i always liked sandy you know Mm -hmm. just because he brought up that kind of mentality that arena has you know kind of like that bulldog you know you know here it is try to hit it kind of thing you know let the big doggy kind of attitude sandy Mm -hmm. kind of went from in 2019 and 2018 he kind of went from this timid you know young man kind of scared you know let the heat of the moment get to him, and said like now in this year, he he really took that ace role. He kind of he he, he's talking shit before the Yankees game, saying they're not gonna be ready for me. I'm coming, and they, let's see if they what they can do. And he had the same attitude for the Braves, and while kind of backfired on him on the Braves, especially after he hit uh, purposefully hit Acuna, um, you know that lit the fire under the ass of the Braves. So, but. I just liked, you know, after the game, you know, they, you know, ask him, was like, you know, he didn't really back down. It was kind of like, I didn't do it on purpose, but if he wants to fight, come at me. You know, it's like, you need that confidence, that, you know, big cojones, that big balls of, out of a pitcher. You need that. You can't go up there on the mound, you know, where the spotlight, you know, there's no spotlight on the baseball field, but if there was, it'd be on the pitcher's mound. And you, you can't be scared up there. And while there's things about Irania I don't like, if there is one thing, I, I like that attitude out of him. And he pitched with some with some balls, he pitched with Fury. It might not have always worked, but yeah, that's one of the things I did like about him. Just didn't work out. Yep, there you
1: go. But you're right to call out Sandy and the the step he took last year. Yeah, you know, the change in him personality wise was just it was night and day. He he just you know, he just grew into himself he realized, you know, or maybe, do you know what? Partly it may have been time with Sixto arriving and Sixto was kind of like lightening up. Sandy was thinking, oh, oh hold on a minute. You know, I'm the ace. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't doubt. I mean, he he kind of already grew a little bit by opening, because remember that opening day against the Phillies? Awesome. He shoved.
1: Awesome.
0: So he's already kind of on that track, but I doubt, I don't doubt. Sixto coming in and nice. everybody's saying, oh, yeah, he's the ace. He's the next big thing. And it seemed, I don't doubt Sandy was like, motherfucker I'm right here he's got it it's my job I'm the ace right now and I love that I I don't know if there is but I hope there is like kind of this between all of them you know Pablo Sandy and and Sixto and you know whoever's in the rotation that it's kind of like this oh yeah you did that watch me watch me next tomorrow watch me next start and it's kind of like you that competitive kind of nature and I, and Sixto was I think was definitely the kind of like that you know like that spark kind of like saying, all right, let's go. Yeah. Let's rear back and throw it. 100%. And that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love pitching.
1: Uh, oh, 100%. It was um, and awesome to watch. And those those three dudes in particular, um, you know, great a great trio for the future. I'm excited to see how... Oh, yeah. how, it, how and they're it only going to
0: get it. better. Oh, they're absolutely. only going to get better.
1: Absolutely. Listen, we talked about and we're kind of running out of time, but really we've mentioned Lindor a couple of times, and it's been mentioned yeah. a lot on Twitter. You know, you've been tweeting about it, you know, I've been tweeting about it, everyone's been tweeting about it. But listen, here's the facts about Lindor, here's what we know. A, yeah, he's available. He is actively he is. shopped. Why is he being shopped? Well, it's the final year for him. So he's gonna be a free agent after 21. So what that means is he's available. But you may only get him for one year so what you have to give up for you know an elite player I, I think he had a slight down year last year in comparison he wasn't I guess lights lights out if you want to phrase it that way um, but really for me and I think for you Twitter in general with the Marlins it's if we want Lindor we can get him because we've got enough ammo to get him right now we can go and sign him oh, sorry we can go and trade for him easily easily we can make that happen do you think the Marlins do it?
0: <laughs> they don't do it unless they're 100% sure they can extend him. Yeah. And that that's the question. They could trade for Lind- for Lindor today if they wanted to. They could do it right now. They mm-hmm. could send any combination of the, of their t- their fourth-ranked farm system in baseball to 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 get him. They can do it. Yeah. But do you make that do you spend all that to just get him for one year and then see him test the market after that, after 21? Uh, no. The risk in it. no. It's,
1: it's too much the of a risk.
0: risk in it. You, you might as well just, you might as well just, because it seems like it, what what I get out of it, what it seems like, he, it seems like no matter where he's traded, if he is traded, no matter where he's going, he's going to test the market. He's, he, want, he wants, he wants, he wants to put his toe in the water, see how much money he can get. And at that point, you might as well just wait. Yeah. Wait for his freedom to hit, see what he's asking. If you can swing it, swing it, try, Fuck it. But yeah, I'd rather them hold off on their, See how let their prospects develop another year. You know, it's been a whole, they last played most of them at the end of 2019, went all 2020 without a season. So in a perfect world, I would say, hold on to them. See where you stand at the deadline. See where you stand after the season, who, which, who's, what prospects are doing well, who, who can you sell high on, who do you want to keep? Mm -hmm. And at that point, if you got the assets, you if you got the funds to sign Lindor, sign Lindor, he'll try Lindor in Miami. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a nice combination. That's a mark. Like that, that could, you know, he, like, I don't know if he would reach the same kind of love that Jose got down here just Mm -hmm. because he was Cuban and Lindor is Puerto Rican. But, like, that's a smile that's marketable. That's a sm- That's a face that would bring asses in the seats. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's an investment. So, I don't think they trade for him. I don't think any team will. Mm-hmm. I think I, 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 the Indians want to trade him before opening day, but I don't think it happens. I think, I think everybody's going to wait till, especially with just how financials are right now. I think everybody's going to wait and see where they stand after 2021 and see if they can get Lindor.
1: For me, Lindor... In Miami is an absolute market buster. It is heaven. Oh, oh boy, it is. It just feels right. Right. But yeah, you've you've summarized it perfectly. For the Marlins right now, there's no need to go and empty the farm to get him on a dice roll. There's no point. Just be sat there ready to pay the dude in in you know after the 21 season, which you'd have had to do anyway. So. Yeah
0: and because the dodgers trading for mookie that makes sense because their team was already complete they were already a world series contending team the most strength for lindor that makes them better but does it get them over the hump to get to the world series and win Uh, no No. it's not basketball one guy doesn't make the team mike trout can't make the the angels good the angels have to be good for them to make the playoffs and where the Marlins currently stand right now, I, I think putting Lindor at shortstop and moving Miggy Road to second, I don't think that's enough to make them really a contender. Mm-hmm. It would make them just a really fun team to watch that could go on a hot streak, but I, I don't see it. It's not sustainable. No, I, you would you need to make sure you're you have answers everywhere before you make a trade like or make a, an acquisition like that. Yeah. So yeah, build the team, plug in your holes where you need them, and if if is still available and you could swing it swing it man
1: <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be the title of this podcast actually if you can swing it swing it cuz uh, it's been, it's been referenced once or twice um, i think you know the other thing just think about lindor you know for me you mentioned it earlier they they gave up a lot with gallon to get in jazz and mm-hmm. you know really for me jazz he really grew into it as, you know, the regular season kind of rounded off. Like, you know, we saw a little bit of it in the postseason. But, um, you know, for me, you know, he is the longer-term answer there. And, if you know, I guess if it works out, you don't need to sign a Lindor, I guess. Uh, to, you know, yeah, he's,
0: know. He's, supposed to, he's supposed to be our Lindor, kind of, because he's another dude that if he pans out and he does what everybody thinks he can do, that's going to be another kind of guy that's you know, jazz in Miami. That's a smile. That's a face that Absolutely. he's a, he, he's a potential 30 for, I could see him being a 20 for 20, 30 for 30 kind of guy. He's got so much pop. He can, he has a slick fielder. He can run. He's a guy that, I don't even know, I mean. man. He, yeah. He, he's, I like jazz a lot. If you couldn't yeah. tell, he's, he's probably my favorite prospect out of all of them, out of all, the whole system. I love him. And Ooh, now, ooh, now, look at me getting spoiled. Now I'm imagining uh, Lindor at short, Jazz at second, Meguro being utility. I'm imagining that like middle infield. Oh god. Oh boy. That's beautiful.
1: <laughs> oh well, you're not wrong. Imagine though when uh and, and Ria Muto's catching as well. I mean, whoa, 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 that's
0: that's an all star team, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it sounds it, but um, we'll see. I I I think the vibe we're getting is. Ria Muto, we're gonna make a bid. Bauer, maybe we'll inquire. Lindor, yeah. I'd be surprised if we trade for him. But I think we'll sit there ready to uh, you know make an offer after 21. I think that's the most likely. And I think really, and this is the next the next question, really, and perhaps the final one for this podcast anyway, is you know, what's the expectations for 21? You know, really what we don't know, we don't know if it's a one six two season. You know, yeah. we don't really know what the season can look like, but right now, sitting here right now, knowing the NL East in 2020 went a bit sideways, <laughs> and the NL yeah. East has got a bit stronger, I think, with you know the Mets of all of a sudden had a shot in the arm. The Phillies are doing making some changes front office. The Nats, I think, you know, the hangover has, has subsided. So yeah, NL East I actually expect
0: be... the Nats. I actually, I actually expect the Nats to make some moves this year. I yeah. expect because you know this hangover short season wasn't really exactly what they wanted for their you know, for their repeat or, or whatever. I think they, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if shit, if they get Real Mudo. I, I, if Real Mudo doesn't sign with the Marlins, I just don't want him to be in the division. No. I don't want him in the, you know, a thorn in the side, but for my... The Yankees
1: ex- expect- The Yankees may save us. <laughs> uh,
0: for, but as far as my ex- expectations for more reality sake, you know, realistic, I think they go more cheap, savvy kind of moves, you know, maybe like a Jane McKenna catcher and getting like, you know, um, Charlie Morton or maybe signing Long Corey Kluber for the rotation, getting maybe get bringing Kitzler back. I know they, they declined his option, but re-signing it for a cheaper deal. Mm-hmm. That could be a, an option and getting, you know, you know, maybe try to get it, make a play at Brad hand or Trevor Rosenthal, Trevor Rosenthal may be more expensive or Kyle Hendricks, something like, something like that. Yeah. You know, cheap savvy kind of moves. Don't have to make the big splash with like like Dora Riamudo or Bauer, but if, if they make, you know, get like stopgap options at those positions, like second base catcher and some bullpen pieces, I, I don't think that's a world series contending team. I think that's a team that's really fun. They play above 500, but, you know, towards the end, dog days of the summer kind of fizzled out. So I'd expect, I would like to see, I would like to see 500. If they play 162 and they can give me a 500 season, we're getting somewhere. That's what I want. Because in reality, this team, the 28, 20, tomorrow, 20, Marlins 31 and 29 and 60 games and it's 162. They probably realistically are a 75 win kind of team. And, you know, they had a lot of magic, a lot of circumstance, a lot of things were just right that happened at that time, Mattingly, of course. But if they can if if I can see a five hundred season next year, I'll be happy. And then twenty twenty one, break out that wallet, man. Spend some money. Love if you it. could swing it, swing it. <laughs> there you go. Is
1: James Rowson the manager for the twenty twenty two season?
0: Yes. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think I I he wants to be manager it's very clear he's interviewing for managing jobs and he's not a guy I want to lose I love Mattingly and I'm he, I'm glad he won manager of the year but once his contract is up I'd like to see some new blood in the managing in the manager seat no doubt maybe keep Mattingly around as like a special advisor or some sort of you know, in the organization mm-hmm. but yeah I'd love James Rousen in the, in the managing chair it, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense to me.
1: I think that's the plan. I think really from the outside looking in um, yes, it, it's pretty clear that's, that's the way things are trending. So, right, one final final topic, one final question and then I'll let you get out of here and it is purely just your favorite 2020 moment, game, something. When you look back in five years time and you think of the 2020 season, what's the one moment that will stick in your mind? so many man
0: like i would the the obvious answer i guess would be um clinching the the playoff in the yankee stadium on jose's day on his jose's anniversary of him dying that's a front runner Mm -hmm. oh god um actually sweeping the cubs at wrigley that was holy shit but if i had to pick one i think yeah i think clinching the playoff spot Yankee Stadium, Derek Jeter's old home, you know, not old Yankee Stadium, but like his place on Jose's day. Oh, it was too perfect. It was too – much. it was too this, – this season really I'm convinced it was just a, the plot of Major League. This team that came out of nowhere, the, the bottom feeders, they come out, they beat the Yankees to make it to the playoffs or the, the next round or whatever – and uh, just a team that came out of nowhere. And, yeah, yeah. so I think I'm going to have to go with that. The September 25th, 2020, when they clinched the, the postseason at Yankee Stadium. Too much. Too much.
1: Too much history built into that. Just too much. Awesome moment. I'm with you on that one. My favorite actual game was that Philly Sunday, first weekend, when – the third, you know, three, four guys went down. Yeah. The hell was breaking loose. They were four, five nil down in the first inning. And you're like, oh, this is going to be a long day. And then they uh-huh. they came back and just absolutely beat up the Phillies. And won- I remember that I mean, one so well. What a game. What a game. Um, but, yeah. That I was the first was-
0: time I kind of felt, you know, obviously it was just the third game of the season. But when that happened, five guys going down, they were down by five three or four runs in the second inning and they came back I think uh, Aguilar hit a home run Dickerson hit a home run anderson hit a home run and
1: I was like
0: oppo bopos <laughs> Or oh, no, um, oppo what, what was it oppo with the boppo. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> i think I think when that happened when they won that game pulled it and I, I think that was the game when Rowe did the air Rojas pose thing I think it was that game maybe
1: well it could have been there was so much going on in that game
0: but I remember that was the first game I was like, "Wow, there's some magic here. Like like obviously it was really premature to say that, but as the season went on, I kept saying, "Wow, there's some like divine intervention behind this team yeah. right now because every time they were like, where well, you thought, okay, they're done, they're they're gonna fizzle out, they finally hit a wall. They just found a way to break right through it, break through that that wall. And yeah. So that was a good, that's a good choice. Really good choice. Yeah. It was both. I mean, start of the
1: season, that's how they started and they finished how they finished beat up the Cubs got spanked by the Braves. You know, there's, there's the summary, a lot. We'll be, back. That. <laughs> we'll be back a lot. Absolutely. So, right. I think that is just about it for today. Um, to finish up though, guys, for the listeners in particular, Um, Just something to drop in here on the pod. You may have seen I've been creating tons of Marlins T-shirts and hoodies and all sorts of bits and pieces. Um, They're all available in the Teespring store. Link is in my bio or profile or whatever. So go and check it out. Anyway, I just wanted to drop this in for this podcast. There's a a, a specific discount code um, for all of the listeners. And it's not that creative, but it's F-A-T-P fish across the pond. So FATP discount code. If you want to get any of the t-shirts, any of the hoodies, that code gets you 10% off anything. Um, And it doesn't expire. So any of the listeners use that code. If you buy anything from the store, 10% off Um, and they they ship worldwide. So UK, Europe, US, Colombia. I know you're all listening. So um, dive in, pick them up. I'm sitting here watching Jacobs here in his respect Miami, tea i'm here in the kim ang winning tea um so the boys are absolutely merched up to their eyeballs here that's for sure but um just want to drop that in there right jacob the fish army oh this was been awesome i told you i said we'll go 45 minutes and then i said but really we'll go an hour and 15 i think we're just about bang on an hour and 15 so
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute yeah. pleasure i had a Awesome blast doing this. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, having me across the pond and on your podcast, man. I appreciate it.
1: Absolute buddy. It's been, it's been an awesome conversation. And as well, love the account. Firstly, Fish Army is insane. Love it. Um, Thank you. But as well, I want to say, I sincerely hope we get to enjoy a few Biscayne beers in person. Absolutely.
0: If you're ever in my, if, hopefully, if you're there for opening day, what are you gonna be, if opening day does happen and we're allowed in, are you going to be there? Are you going to make the trip?
1: I'm going to try my best. Yeah.
0: We'll if see. you're there, if you're there, I want to slam a few a few, uh, brew skis, Miami brew with you, man. Of course. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, you know, listen, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to press the button. I've got, you know, my British Airways app ready to go. You know, the, you, you let me know <laughs> opening days on and fans can go. I'm ready to go. My wife knows.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: (laughs) So awesome. Well, to the listeners, thanks. That is episode 78 in the books. We are back next week. And actually, we got another great guest lined up. Uh, The fabulous Jess Blaylock is joining the pod for next week. So, Looking forward to that one. Um, Jacob and the Fish Army. Thank you, my man. So listeners, stay safe, and we will be back next week with Jess.
0: See you guys.